This is Relic Savor, episode 118. My name is Ryan, I'll be your host today, and this is a podcast about Guild Wars 2 and the Guild Wars community on the whole. I'm joined today by fellow guildies, Christian. Hello, and good morning. Yes, it's very confusing when speaking to you, at what time of day it is, or what day it is in general. And after three years of doing this, we still can't get it right. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Also with us, we have Spirit. Morning, afternoon. Oh God, it's afternoon here. <laughs> And we also have Evie. I've had too much coffee! Hi! <laughs> I've had a lot too. But I was calmed down by a camel spider landing on my face <laughs> right before the freaking show. That was really cool. We just had a slight delay. Yeah, that's all. So, uh, yeah. Because I was asleep, not because of the camel spider. No, no, it was the camel spider. Because it, it would have, it would have, uh, have been a big dra- dramatic upheaval during the middle of the show otherwise. <laughs> yeah. right. Think about it, we dodged a bullet. So, um, anyway, today we're going to be talking about quite a few things. Number one, we have the end of season two, which is, uh, that, did that happen last night? Yes. Correct. Yeah. And there's some stuff going on with that. That's for world And then a few world. other things. Yeah, we're going to be talking about some new armor that came out and uh, some Mesmer builds. So, I guess we'll just jump right in into this with our world versus world sta- sta- stag- stagment stagnant uh, stack on pin <laughs> commander they're taking our tower what do we do uh, incoming zerg of 800 headed for the clock tower ows who has mastery stay on the taco oil cannons might 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 but don't chase damn it did half the zerg just run after one guy <sighs> veil for the love of god where's my veil defend the garrison well that's why we need more people on team speak i need a master rammer I'm mixing up the title and what the hell I'm talking about. Jiminy Christmas. I, I know that not many of us do play World v. World. I thought with the season being finished, we could do a quick little wrap up and just maybe have a talk about what each of us got up to during the season, what we liked about it, and, and yeah, just have a chit chat. Um, lots of people kill lots of other people. <laughs> there's there's lots of red names running around. I, I I don't really know what goes on, and and the weapons look pretty. Did you guys uh, finish your meta? I did. I oh man, I really liked last season because it got me into World versus World, and I really enjoyed it. And this season, I was just kind of really busy during the time during which it fell, so I didn't spend a whole lot of time working towards my achievements. I was just like. Hey, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna finish these achievements in three days, and I ground through Edge of the Mist, and it was doable. It was boring. I miss being in regular world versus world, actually. Um, and I also think it kind of de- devalues the achievements in a way, because uh, you can get the achievement hunters out of you know this the serious business world v world place. But the rate at which I was accumulating levels, I'm now 118 as of last night in world v world, and I don't feel like I've earned it. In part because when all of my alts fused together, I doubled my levels um so yeah but i guess having learned more about world v world again this season and how fun it can be i can't believe how many levels people are up to you know how you when you see the the red blobs in front of you they all have different titles and those titles correspond to how many levels they have so up to about i think 120 you'll see just the regular legendary champion squire colonel whatever um but then it adds bronze and then it goes exponential so i actually saw someone who in there who is a mithril knight and they were ranked at minimum rank 4,500. Holy crap. Jeez. And th- I... like the diamond ranks are just under 10,000, I believe. Oh, man. D- do we have like an idea of what the highest achieved rank is so far? I don't know if anyone's gotten a- Mithril is the highest I've ever seen. And I made sure to knock them into off of the map <laughs> because I could. <laughs> I've found I've I've actually found when I'm solo in World v World that title has been a boon to me because people go oh hey you've got this huge title you must be a World v World person I'm like oh god don't kill me don't 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 kill me don't look at me I just, just run right past just, but they, no one's messed with me since I've been over rank 100 it's been glorious that's like in SPVP I don't use my latest finisher because I've noticed that as soon as I use like a big finisher people tend to like go for me so i'm just like yeah, i'll just use the deer That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like if you see see some guy in your match with a dragon finishes and, and he takes you out and with a dragon and oh damn you i'm gonna get you so hard next time then i'm yeah, actually surprised 
how many phoenixes and dragons are running around? Well, apparently, mm. when they changed the PvP re- rewards, um, those guys who were trying to still get to dragon, they all just basically got dragon straight away. It, it yeah, but still, it's less a point of like how easy it is to get now, and just how many people are in PvP. Because mm. I like whenever I PvP'd before, I would play all day, and I'd see maybe twenty different people. Now, it's like there's tons of people compared to before. And it might be like a thing with mega... Well, obviously it's not mega servers, but like the amount of people that are just in PvP now is so much more than before. And I sincerely hope that that might cause a rise in the possibility of esports, even though there's like a bunch of other things that need to happen before that can actually be a thing. (laughs) But it seems like there's much more of a chance now, which makes me kind of happy. Oh, yeah. As far as, like, I'm I'm really attracted to structured PvP and uh, TPVP, but uh, world versus world, I can talk about what's not attractive about it. It's kind of the same thing that I don't like about basketball. You just watch these guys go back and forth. Yay, you just scored, you just scored, you just scored. But <laughs> uh, for what's attractive about world versus world to me, basically the main thing is that it's something I can just queue up and go do. You know, I don't have to arrange a group. You know, I can say that I'm going to go do it and other guildies might join me, but... It's kind of nice how on the fly that is, but the same could be said for SPVP. So, what what attracts you guys to it? I'm kind of in the in the same boat, I guess. There with you, Ryan. Um, for this season, I really wanted to get the meta, which I didn't do last season, uh, because well, so I wanted to do it this season because of the cool weapon skins. And I was like, oh well, anyone where the server finishes, I want at least a chance at, at being close or getting a weapon. So I thought I'd try and knock that mm-hmm. out, which is what got me into World v World. And I set up my Mesmer with a build and got the gear for it and all that kind of stuff. I wanted to do it properly and actually have fun while I was doing it, um, which I did. But then I finished the meta rather quicker than I expected, which was nice. But I then didn't really feel like I needed to stay. And I, I feel like I personally need a reason to stay in World v. World, although it is fun when I do it. Um, if, yeah, I, I'm missing something that I can uh, progress, not well, not progress towards, but maybe make some money yeah, or something. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I um, I I do enjoy the season. I've got kind of a short attention span. I don't know if any of you guys who play with me often have oh, noticed score. that. <laughs> Point. That was very but, legitimate when you really think about it. Yeah, it was very, actually very legitimate. <laughs> um, and you made me lose weight. <laughs> See, so made it here. Um. What was I going to say? I enjoy these short bursts of, okay, I need to get my team to first place within this defined period of time. I have a hard time playing World v. World out of season because it's just like, eh, we play for a week, people punch things, and then nothing really happens. But during the season, there's the rankings, and that helps me get motivated, I guess. But I'm also very like childish about, ha, I have more numbers in my team than you have in your team, and we are going to stomp you. Also, I have hidden under your porch because I love you. <laughs> I don't know why I turned into Stugs. Hi. <laughs> well, as someone that learned that blob is an actual term for World v. World, like, several weeks ago, I obviously did not finish my World v. World meta. However, I have recently realized the amazingness that is the Edge of the Mists for leveling. And as oh, someone yeah. that has three tunes that happen to be probably best set off in World v. World as the only ones I have left to level, that's mighty convenient. Oh, it's wonderful knocking people off Edge of the Mist. So I saw a video of a dude playing a necromancer, and he set down this... I don't know I don't know necromancers from my elbow. <laughs> I almost said something else. <laughs> anyway, what he would do is he put down this line on a bridge, and these dudes would just get feared off the side, and you just see masses of dudes falling, and he's just sitting there pressing AoE loot. These people get so mad at him, so they would come back and do the same damn thing, but he would just stand in a different spot, so they would be looking for him in the old spot. <laughs> bunch of death again. I'm like, wow, I might actually, you know, want to play a necro sometime soon. He he figured out how to farm people. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. So he brought it up earlier when she was talking about um, knocking out the meta. And it's something that um, now with the Queensdale champ farm gone, a lot of people are talking about how Edge of the Mist is just a karma train and there's not really much real. Yeah, I guess, what are your thoughts on the Edge of the Mist farm train um, now that the champion train in Queensdale is gone? Obviously, it's good for leveling, but it, how do you feel about it affecting the experience in Edge of the Mist? Well, PvE gets a lot less... See, these people, they start the game and that they're like, How's the, what's the fastest way to level? And people are like, go do the Queensdale champ train. So that was kind of... That was having a negative effect on the game, I think, in a lot of ways. So by putting it in Edge of the Mist, I mean, it's not like people get this game and they're like, I'm going to go do Edge of the Mist. They might feel that way about World vs 
this world. But if if it's if the the way to just skyrocket your level in a very tunnel vision way is in Edge of the Mist, it's a it's tucked off in a corner enough that I think that's okay. That I'd like there to be a way to do that personally because I've seen the game. Mm. So and even then, like doing it in Edge of the Mist, while it's still very tunnel visioning is still much more dynamic than say a champ train because there's that potential for enemy players and obviously they're not like bots or something and there's that potential of like um what's the word i'm looking for conflict so it's much more interesting for say a newer player that doesn't really know the game for that to be their first experience is much better than the champ train and queensdale to be their first experience yeah, I mean, for that, let me formulate an actual thought before I start speaking. The, it's great to have that sort of ability to level, but it also kind of devalues the world be world experience in that map. Not only through the way that I can gain an observed amount of levels in a very short amount of time for world be world, but to have this game type where it's just very much trading objectives and a lot of commanders have in Edge of the Mist have this mentality where they're not actually going to engage other players and I should say not all commanders because Christian and I have been actually following this guy. Uh, we added him on our friends list and we duck in every once in a while when he's commanding because it's really fun to be in there with a good commander who knows what they're doing um, and actually actively engage these other zergs because it's a very fun map to play but the major mentality is just we're here to pve and occasionally trade objectives with another group and i just think it it really devalues the game type Mm -hmm. and that really points out kind of the issue with the whole flocking to commanders thing and i was speaking about this with someone i can't remember when and i came up with the idea of possibly adding ai commanders to edge of the mist that will deliberately seek out enemy player zergs with a commander tag and try and lead people toward like actual player conflict rather than going around in a circle capping like but each other But do you think that off. would even work given that an AI commander tag would have an AI name and so everyone would just recognize it straight away and ignore it? N- not necessarily. They can give it like a ta- player I type Mungo name I? and just something like I hmm? Mungo Raging I. diabetic. <laughs> I mean, it can be anything as long as it doesn't have like telltale NPC name. Just have it like randomized for the particular instance. The minute of someone Edge works it out for the rest of those two hours, everyone's just going to be shouting, "Don't follow X." Well, yeah, yeah but at the oh. same point, it, it it kind of offsets it a little bit, and even with that little bit, I think it's worth it. I got an idea. We can give ArenaNet a full license. Just watch us as we key farm, right? Take those <laughs> names that we're choosing and just start assigning them. <laughs> those npcs hey <laughs> don't follow hat wearing man don't He's follow best whole bunch. yeah <laughs> my favorite key farming name has got to be ranger bear butt <laughs> bear butt i used to listen to a podcast where there was a contributor whose name is bear butt and he sounded like this hi this is bear butt <laughs> but that, that was sheldon? more of a wow thing with their drones he sounded a lot like sheldon yes that's my spot <laughs> So, um, I don't know. You, have you guys ever tried tagging up for World vs. World? Uh, in the real early days. And by the way, kudos to... I've, NSP has a great community. We all know that. But um, I did a couple guild runs back in the day. Not not recently. And it's always been an incredibly receptive... I have... Sorry, I got distracted. It's always been an incredibly Squirrel. receptive environment where... It, <laughs> As as long as I tag up, I will get whispers from other people saying, "Hey, we see you're tagging up and interested in World v World. We're not, we don't really recognize your guild in World v World, but please come to our server meetings. We would love to have you." And like, that's pretty cool. I've never gotten hate from the leadership. I've gotten a couple things from people who are like, "You don't know what you're doing, do you?" And I'm like, "Nope, learning." And they're like, "Okay." <laughs> I've never really had a bad experience. I've heard terrible things from people who are on top tier servers like Jade Quarry and Tarnished Coast that if they tag up, it's miserable but i haven't had anything like that and that kind of plays to the whole like toxic community that just it's always going to happen with major pvp like competitiveness you see it in league and pretty much any game that has a serious competitive scene the more competitive it is the more toxic just players in general tend to be yep yeah i never tag up because i know that i would lead someone to their death i've i've been known to find ways to get people to fall off cliffs on accident i i actually know someone that bought a tag just so that he could tag up during prime time and he would run people off cliffs that's all he would do oh i read a guild wars 2 fanfic that was about this guy he 
was a commander. He was set to take on the mists and blah, blah, blah. So he, he, you know, makes his way to the keep and he's running along and he was bound with determination and he ran in a straight line. He could not be deetered. He could not be, he, he couldn't lose his focus. And then as he fell off the cliff, he shouted, WWWEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEE
in my head for it. And I'm not going to say it because Bird I don't want anyone to take it. Oh, I'll tell you mine. Mine is going to be uh, uh, Owl Mesmer named Who Am I? And I'm going to go to PvP and I'll be like, Who? Who? Who am I? <laughs> It's going to be great. I have this all planned out. This is why we need Tengu to come out before I plan out one of every profession, because it's slowly happening. I'm also going to have a thief. It's going to be a black Tengu, and he's going to have a cape, and he's going to go, I am the knight, and we must analyze it with science. Can you imagine, like, anybody that's actually an SPVP -er, like, at the start of this segment, they're like, oh, cool. What the hell? <laughs> and now they're just, what am I listening to? Um, yeah, I guess that, should we try and talk about something PvP-oriented or just move on? There, there really isn't any new development, because as long as the meta isn't shifting, or like there isn't a tournament, there's really nothing to talk about as far as it comes to PvP, except for like personal experiences. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you guys want to hear us talk about the builds that we run and stuff like that, we can do that. I think we're, most of us tend to cheese it a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> case in point, cheese. I got so frustrated losing matches last time we did tournaments. I was just like, I'm running Hambo. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> and did it work? Yes, it did. That's the sad part. Well, there you go. Just All right, like so, RNG builds. Let's talk about some builds then. Uh, today we're going to talk about the meta for PvE with the Mesmer. <laughs> Today's Mesmer build is going to be basically one that you're going to see that um, Brazil from Death and Taxes put together. We tend to look to them for the PvE metas. If you guys have other stuff you'd like us to bump, please let us. But the one that I'm running, um, it has changed a little bit with one of the recent patches that moved Empowering Mantras. So it used to be that you could really just hike up your precision and you get Empowering Mantras. And uh, so uh, precision wasn't a big deal for Mesmers. And the reason, I should say, it, it was a big deal, but it was easy to get it. Now, though, um, you want to get your precision up because your reflects, like your feedback, your wardens, when they reflect, the damage that happens from that scales a lot off of precision, so you want it. Um, so what a lot of people are doing and what uh, Brazil's uh, advocating people do is that if you can swing it, switch over to assassin gear. And of course, your trinkets will be berserker and all that, so you don't have to retrofit any of that. But if you can't, and you're like me, where you're pretty much just stuck with the berserker gear you have for now, you can also put um, superior sigils of perception on your weapons um, so you can stack that up. Now, the reason that they don't really advocate doing it this way is because um, that, that can fluctuate. You go down or if, if just, there are a lot of different ways that it can bug out and you lose your stacks. So then you're kind of gimped again, but it works. It works pretty well for me. And another thing is now the rune of choice has turned into rune of the ranger. That's because that has a ton of precision on it and you've always got, you know, and it's a summonable, you know, I think it works for minis. I'm not sure if that's still the case. It was a while ago, but anyway, so. So uh, once your phantasms are up, you're hiking your power up quite a bit just by having six of these guys. And I love the fact that it changed to rain, uh, Runes of the Ranger because I totally called it right when the patch hit. And I bought them way back then when they were like two silver. And my biggest gripe with Guild Wars as far as like building characters is the price of runes. Mm -hmm. Don't get Kate started on that because I think she's already done a massive rent in a show before. Yeah, I know, I'll, that's why I'll pass I'm on that there. today. But it is, it is not conducive to an experimental environment, which is not conducive to a shifting meta or build diversity. Continue. Yeah. It's interesting that um, assassins have become favored for Mesmers, because I remember I watched a guide for a solo era. Well, it's um, either assassins with scholar runes or berserkers with ranger runes, which is what I do. Oh, was that it? Yes. Oh, I didn't catch that. Okay. If you're running assassins armor and like trinkets and weapons or whatever, you want to use scholar runes and sigil of bloodlust on your sword or focus if you want to do something with a sack. Otherwise, it's, you know, the usual 5 and 10% boost. Or you run berserker's armor with ranger runes with sigil perception if you want something to stack and then if not force and i can't remember the 10 percent one night did you live night yeah so I, a while ago I, I, uh, out of interest saw that there was such a thing as solo runs and i uh, watched a video and it was a mesmer of course because with all the reflects and the portaling and that well yes with the portaling that's if you want to then sell the run um mm -hmm. but in there they did a lot of armor switching and uh, the primary gear they were using was assassins because of the reflecting they were doing so it's interesting to see that come to the forefront now on a completely side note i did my first solo run of a raw my thief like 30 days ago i was so proud oh, nice. of myself how long did that take? Um, I went really slow because I tried to use stealth as much as possible, and it took me like 45 minutes. <laughs> it's not slow. No, that's not bad at all. 
All right. So, uh, yeah, that was the Mesmer build. We have a link to that in the show notes. Um, there was a mail we got about what I mean by show notes, and I'll, I'll talk about that later. Uh, for now, I'll just stop it at when we say show notes right now, we're talking about the, the WordPress blog. Getting those into the MP3 file is apparently something that's not been working like I thought it was. So uh, anything else on builds before we jump into the next? Um, there's did we like... mention that minis work with the runes again? I did. Yeah. I don't know if it's still that way. I know that it okay. was last time I checked, but yeah. So your ranger runes can benefit from a mini. That's, I don't think that's intended probably not and on the point of like the whole meta thing with mesmers i'm pretty sure that they're the ones that probably change the most depending on the situation if i'm not mm. mistaken because there's like four different builds in the meta mm -hmm. and they, they're basically all the same thing functionally but there's a lot of different nuances for different situations like with if you want more reflex you take the focus uh traits or if you want uh more sustained damage you're going to take like phantasmal hate and things like that and i find that really interesting that that's actually a thing now because the whole uh trait reset being able to be done out of combat is the only reason that that's why a thing right now and i'm i yeah i can't talk <laughs> so the mesmers are uniting in requesting for build templates men I really want build templates because I have six builds I run on my Mesmer alone, like yep. on a regular basis. And on my Thief, I have three. I have post-it notes stuck along the bottom of my monitor. And on those post-it notes, I have my build, my own sort of build <laughs> template where I write down the number for each trait line and then which trait I'm taking in it as well. <laughs> wow. I would do that, but I've got, with all of my alts, I tend to just slap different builds on the duplicates of each alt because it's easier than trying to remember trying to keep track of the stuff I want to do and plus I've got so many numbers jumbling around in my head from between all of the different classes that it's hard to keep those builds straight in a way so I tend to not change as much as I should be Alright, so uh, we're going to revisit the topic of making money again in the game Nation, it's time to talk about fiscal responsibility in virtual worlds Stimulus package! Today's topic is about key farming. This is something that Stuart and Christian have been kind enough to teach me how to do, and it's a very interesting thing to do when there's nothing else going on. I, I just want to point out that I love the sort of naming community that has arisen from key farming, because yes. you see the most amazing character names when you're key farming. Please continue. So... Um, what this entails is, if not everyone is aware, you get Black Lion keys as a reward along different stages of the personal story. And one of them is quite early on when you finish your is it level 10 personal story. Yeah. You get a key as a reward. So the idea with key farming is you find the personal story that has the quickest um, first 10 levels and you run that as fast as you can and get a key at the end and open one of the many Black Lion chests that you have uh, gathering dust in your storage. And so, because, and then you just re-roll that character and do it again. So, because you've got a throwaway character, people like to um, do weird things with the name. A lot of people will do a pun on the word key, just so that their friends or guildies can see that they're on a key farmer at the moment. And other people like Ryan, they just come up with random ass stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're you're running one named Lady Casimir or Keysmir. Yeah. Apologies. That's right. And then Spirit's been. Mostly been Doctor Legendary. Now she's gonna play off some. We were talking about dreams that we tend to have, and I had one a long time ago where I was Superman, also a vampire, and my name was Terry. So now she wants <laughs> oh, to make a character named that. Okay, that's where that came from. Mm -hmm. Um. Also, the names that I go by. So, uh, I was starting off with uh, stupid names like my dog was barking as I was making the character, so its name was Hey Dog, Shut Up. <laughs> um. Then I just started getting more and more random with it, but uh, like I said, I I restarted my WoW account, and I I have not been playing, so please don't disown me. But as I was looking through the characters that I had on one of the servers, I had this Death Knight named Hole Punch. What the hell is that? I don't remember naming a character that. So I've been making characters with some derivative of Hole Punch. I did one last night as uh, Best Hole Punch, which is kind of like WoW Best Game type playoff. I don't really know. And the other one is Hat Wearing Man. If you've played Team Fortress 2, they have some of the funniest bot character names. So I've been going with some of those. Uh, and no, he's not wearing a hat most of the time, usually shoulders. But um, yeah, the, what's nice about this also is, um, you know, transmutation charges. You can get quite a few of those out of doing this. Um, you might get uh, dies. You can get those. And I do recommend just selling the unidentifieds. I can't help myself. I open them in the hopes that I get some awesome one. Uh, so do as I say, not as I do. Quite a few other things, a bunch of boosters. I even got a metabolic primer, which I'd forgotten even existed in this game. They're really, I would never buy one, but they're really handy if you just have one drop for you. I like them a lot. 
lot. I just don't want to buy them because they're like 150 gems each, I think. Mm-hmm. And I would say if they were like Black Lion salvage kits, 20 gems, I would consider buying them. Mm-hmm. But at 150, I'm just like, nope. I suppose they've got to kind of try and balance it so that it doesn't wreck the food economy where everyone just gets gems with gold and buys primers. Have you and then seen the food economy? <laughs> There's stuff that's like 12 copper and then the meta food is like 60 silver, a hel- uh, like a serving. So mm-hmm. let's say wreck the meta food economy because that messes let's with crafting and gathering like and all it. that kind of stuff. Um, and the reason that this is in stimulus package is you also have chances of getting black line ticket scraps or just a full ticket. Right. If you get that, you can make, you know, I don't know what's the max. I'm guessing somewhere around 80 gold, maybe even 100. From a single ticket, you can get up to 100 gold, especially if you like buy a weapon and then hold on to it until it's not one ticket anymore. You can get much mm-hmm. more than that. But mm-hmm. if you go and wait for like three or five tickets, you can like make 200 gold right off the pop. And that's a very conservative figure. It's worth saying that um, generally if you're saving up for something that's five tickets, it's a good way to get that skin because it's fairly inaccessible to you if you, or let me restart that. The three to five ticket weapons are not necessarily worth three to five tickets. If you're looking to get the most out of your money, it's almost worth it to buy one ticket items and then sell several of them as opposed to doing a five ticket item and getting one of them because the five ticket item often sells for about 215 gold, I want to say, especially like for the high demand skins and the one ticket items each sell for about 70 to 80. So if you round on the low end, four tickets would get you 280 gold if you just sold them one by one so you're actually losing a bit of money unless unless you really want the skin in which case it's a good way of getting those skins yeah and since this podcast will exist you know for the foreseeable future there the market may change by the time people have listened to this so make sure and check the market and make sure that has not changed but for you know in the near future yeah that's i think that's been my understanding too so we've covered off a lot of the stuff of why you'd want to do key farming um shall we quickly discuss how you actually go about doing it in a quick manner yeah so if if you have um the digital deluxe edition and if you've done like um you have a hollow monuments or whatever this is going to help you a lot what you do you make a human character this is the way we're doing it make a human character make it a commoner um i think warrior and guardian are probably the best bets to run with but people do other professions what you do is you get on that new character you run to the trading post as soon as you can and you're going to buy some white gear with plus power on it and so then you're also going to buy some some runes and some sigils now this is i spirit showed me what to get i understand you did it a little differently christian so do you two want to sit here and fight about that for a there's bit? no need uh, to fight yeah it's just runes with plus power on it but there's a whole bunch of variety because uh the minor runes have no level requirement so you just grab these green minor runes with plus 10 power and they have a secondary stat but what you want to do is you want to get one of each rune of four different kinds with plus 10 power on it and there's maybe six to ten varieties of these runes so christian and i have all all different ones but they all accomplish the same goal and you can do this on one of uh you don't have to do this on your key fan character you can get all the gear and stuff um on say your main and then put it in your bank right. and this is so so you want the four you want four pieces of armor with four runes and then if you're running guardian you want a staff and then maybe a, a sword and focus or a great sword it kind of depends what you prefer and then you want to put sigils on those and the sigil of swiftness i think um where you mm-hmm. gain swiftness when you kill something and you want a sigil of bloodlust and these are all the minor minor ones because obviously you can't put um major runes or sigils on level one gear and so what you do is you put all your gear in the bank and then if you have the digital deluxe when you roll your character and get put in that opening um it's a pre-searing-esque zone you can get your personal banker golem out and get all the gear um, from the bank, and then you start off with all this, uh, with all your gear instead of whatever gear they give you. Yeah, another thing I want to point out: um, if you bought the game post like Heroic Edition, or if you buy your digital deluxe off of the Gem Store um, now and you get upgraded to Heroic Edition as well, you'll get a set of rare armor for level one with vitality on it, and you can just stick the runes on that and then stick them on your bank or in your bank as you uh, continue to reroll. So that's 
actually really super convenient. Is the rare because the key part about buying the white and blue gear is that it's not soulbound? Is the rare gear soulbound? I believe it isn't. Okay, hmm, I didn't know that. that. Would be one of the only rare gear pieces not to soulbind on equip. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's with the heroic edition, you get a set of profane or um, the equivalent, like for the different uh, armor weights. And when you get that, they give you the skins, obviously, but they also give you a set of level one armor that's it has like four vitality on it and that'll let you have a full set rather than just four pieces and then basically what you what you then end up doing is you go through that opening instance and then you jump into queen style and you just follow the personal story as quick as you can zipping from waypoint to waypoint and what can then help there is if you're running with uh, another another player if you have another person who wants to do it with you or even um we actually got some really quick runs with ryan uh, last night when we had three people and that just comes down to uh, being able to kill stuff faster especially in the later um quests where you are facing level eight stuff on a level four character yeah what's his johnny Uptown Johnny and Big Nose Ted. Uptown, I was attacking him in the orphanage, and and I did that whirling uh, greatsword thing through him. And as I went through, he had like a, a hangnail left of life, right? And he shouts at me. He goes, "That's right, run away, <laughs> yeah, squealing snot nosed punk." <laughs> and I came back, and I just like tapped him on the head with my sword, and he died. <laughs> and that had me rolling in laughter. And everyone's like, "What's wrong, Ryan?" <laughs> I heard quaggins are going to become a playable race. Ugh. I heard there'll be a use for Imperial Fragments. I heard that Zomorus doesn't even like Precursors. I heard that the Legendary Armor is going to be made out of glint. I heard Queen Jenna doesn't wear shoes because she's allergic to people with souls. I heard that some Silvari athletes use Miracle Grow. That's just speculation. This is your captain speaking. Tinfoil hats must be worn at all times during armchair development. So in Speculator's Corner today, uh, we're going to be talking about a new image that was released for Living Story Season 2. I'm actually kind of excited about this just because I was such a critic of Season 1, and I want to see. I want to see if they like got a lot of things right. But in this teaser image, it's a portal that looks like it's in Brisbane Wildlands. Mm-hmm. It's in Maguma somewhere, I guess. Oh, it's okay. Well, the, the, the prevailing theory is put it in Brisbane, let's just say that. I'm pretty sure that it's one of the existing portals that doesn't really go anywhere right now. And there's one of those in Brisbane? Yeah, there's two even, I want to say. Yep. There's one in the fort behind the bandits, and then there's one by a bridge somewhere. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, obviously it would be in Brisbane and in Maguma because we know that Mordremoth is the next big bad, but it doesn't, I don't know, did it tell us a whole lot more than that or have we pretty much covered uh, it? That's basically it. That's about it. That's it. But there's a lot of implications that can be made from that though, because since we're going into the Maguma Wastes, we know that the, that's the bandit stronghold right now, and the bandits are heavily, um, what's the word, manipulated by the uh, white mantle, quote, quote. You learn that in the personal story for humans. Mm-hmm. So there is a possibility that we will see much more involvement from the white mantle on a much bigger scale outside of personal story. And that makes me very happy because this is Speculator's Corner and I have to say something that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> because Mursat are coming back as a playable yes, race and naturally and we can finally float you know I threw my tinfoil hat away last week and I'm regretting it you now you threw it away <laughs> Shongoku well, leaves the show and you throw away your tinfoil hat it was hat. a year okay first of all it was a children's party hat that was a year old and the strap was like dead and broken and second no one can see it anymore anyway <laughs> but we know we know Get a new one. No one's arguing about the need for a plan. Your plan's just stupid and won't work. Now I've got the parts to fix this, but we'll have to build the bumper ourselves. What is this? What is this? What is this? Speculator's Corner? No, no, no! This is Zorkers only. Paying gear, please. So Christian is going to take us through uh, some builds for dungeons that go against the meta, since it's been, you know, said to us before that that's kind of all we harp on. Christian, resolve this issue for us. Um, so I am one of those people that uh, looks at the traits and reads through them themselves and goes, ooh, 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 that looks cool. Ooh, what if I could put that with that and that? Oh, yeah. And I get really excited about it, and Kate has heard me do this. This is actually, yeah, he does this on Skype, and this is all here for like an hour and a half, two hours when he's working on a build. Um, See, I do the same thing, particularly I'm thinking back like before release, and I actually came up with meta builds. So I'm really interested interested to hear what you what you come up with when you do the same thing well i came up with healing power builds so goodbye to your theory of i'm, I'm already that. not interested bye yeah. <laughs> 
So um, when I was leveling my NG, I started looking into the traits that I might want to build into. And um, one that I found kind of interesting, which was then even piqued my interest even further when we started PvPing and we were running our um, NG bunker builds, was the elixir infused bombs in the inventions trait line. It's a grandmaster trait, and what it does is um, your bombs explosions heal allies. And I just liked the idea because obviously on a guardian, um, you've always got healing going out and you're always pumping healing out while you're doing damage and you can just sit there and tank stuff and heal everything around you unless you're in Berserker of course um, and I kind of wanted to see what an NG could do with respect to that because I liked that kind of uh, playstyle so that's kind of what this build does is you run with bombs you run with healing power and it's fun because you get to blow your friends up and heal them and while you're doing it <laughs> um, sounds like a Saints Row <laughs> thing <laughs> So if I quickly run through the traits and stuff, and I'll probably try and write this up so that we can put it in the in the show notes. Um, you want five in explosives so that you can pick up the uh, minor trait, which means your explosions do vulnerability. Because what I wanted to do, obviously, is have a build that still does damage, because if you're in PvE and you're just doing healing power and you're not doing damage at all, it's not any fun. So I want to try and eke out as much damage as I could while still pumping out some healing. So you've got that trait, and then you've got the, grand, uh, the master trait, which gives you explosive powder, which is 10% increased increased damage for explosions and um, you want the forceful explosives so you have a larger explosion radius on your bombs because although it's not very hard in PvE to have a mob stay in one spot and just drop a bomb on his head um, if they do run around a bit it's quite easy for them to just run out of your bomb explosion radius and there goes your damage and then you want three points in firearms um, what that gives you is increased crit chance which is something that you're lacking because you're running uh, clerics yeah, that's what I'm running at the moment. Uh, and then, again, um, you get vulnerability on crit if you take precise sights. So we're stacking up vulnerability quite well, which means we're improving our damage. And then you've got your six points in inventions, picking up elixir-infused bombs. And then, oh, definitely we want energized armor. You gain power based on your toughness. And I think it's also in this line, one of the minor traits. Yeah, it gives you power based on your healing power attributes. So I thought they were quite synergistic. Obviously, that you don't get tons, but that's kind of the idea is you boost your power up really high and your healing power, and they all kind of help each other out. What really got me interested in this build ultimately was I like to run medkit um, and I was looking at my runes and I saw rune of altruism which again is completely unmeta and you would be uh, shot if you were seen wearing this rune <laughs> but it's got some interesting actives where um, if you use a heal skill you give fury and three stacks of might to all nearby allies and medkit counts as using a heal kit as a heal so when you equip a medkit that all applies and then it has a the rune has a cooldown but then you equip your medkit again and um, get all of that after the cooldown so I can actually stack fury on myself um, if I use the medkit number five and elixir B as well which is nice because then I have I think I managed to get yeah 50% crit chance which on a build with no precision gear is it's kind of impressive I guess so when people talk about builds, they tend to paint with you know broad brushes. The the thing I would add to this is if you're running with a group that you know has a tendency to face roll everything and they're just really good at what they're doing, you know, providing support for them is probably going to be a little redundant. But this is not a perfect world. It's not Walgreens out there. So what's going to happen is you might go running with a group and you see that they keep dying or people keep going down. In this case, it might be time to give up the ghost and say, hey, it maybe I should run something a little more supporty. So I have a guardian for stuff like that like this that I have a build set up. I actually have two guardians so the other one could do damage but um, you know before people just jump on oh shit that thing's a piece of crap and you know that build sucked it might be worth trying especially when you have a run going that way. Would you agree Christian or is there I don't know. I haven't really it? tried this NG in that situation where you really want someone that can kind of carry the team through by not dying and keeping them alive. Um, so I can't really speak to that because I know the guardian does that really well and so if I want to do that I would probably go on my guardian. Um, this one is just interesting mm -hmm. to see the numbers on the heals because at level 80 I'm doing 350 healing per bomb and you're dropping bombs pretty regularly so that adds up reasonably well. It's not going to be to the point where, you know, because that's just how Guild Wars is, where you're going to stop people from ultimately dying. But if you're, I guess, you're if you're in a War of Attrition fight, then it could be useful. Um, and it also comes into its four a little bit, again, just to see all the masses of green numbers pop up on your screen if you're in kind of a Zerg environment. And again, it's not actually going to be that useful to be healing those people 
people, but it's just fun to see the numbers, I guess. And that's what I enjoy about the build. And I am getting a bit um, sad about it because I'm doing probably about half as much damage as I ultimately could be. So I'm probably going to get a Zerka set and put it on my NG and then um, play with that as well. I, I do want to point out that even though this is speaking in PvE terms, a build like this would actually be really strong in mm-hmm. team fights in PvP. Guess what I, I run that. in PvP, that is basically Yeah, that is basically what we run in PvP is Elixir-infused bombs with a flamethrower and a wrench and it's also got, uh, I think it's got clerics, doesn't it? The amulet? Clerics got what? gear for the amulet. Clerics. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got clerics gear and runes. It's very similar, so that just sort of got me more interested um, when I already had that idea and it was valid in PvP. So, yeah. Okay. Well, we're pushing time, so we're going to jump into uh, some of the mail that we got this week. Uh, we got an email from N. I'm sorry, Shadow Dragon underscore NS, and he said, "I subscribed to your podcast on iTunes, and I noticed your show notes aren't completely writ- written on the episodes. It has the beginning and cuts off the rest. I just recently got back into Guild Wars 2, and I'm working on catching up on the current episodes from the beginning, currently on episode 20. Though iTunes seems to have cut out a decent chunk of them. Keep it up. As far as I could find, your podcast is the only one on Guild Wars 2 that's still running. Um, to the point about the missing." Shows, actually those they're not missing they're on youtube we had kind of a there was there was a point there in about 2011 where i stopped doing the show and we transitioned to youtube and a guy that goes by the name shongaku or eric was running the show so if you want to um watch those they're up there we have some of the episodes on soundcloud and as far as the show notes go, um, we are keeping those on the blog right now. It's a little weird to embed those in the ID3 tags, especially if the old shows, because I followed up with them and I said, you know, is this just the newer shows? Because I'm not using iTunes to embed this information anymore. I'm using ID3 tag editor. And he said it's all of them. So I used to embed the actual show notes in the MP3 files and they're not there. So um, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll try and figure out what's going on with that. But if you want to see our show notes to find out what the music is or, you know, see who the guests are and find out how to contact them, then that'll I'll be there. As far as us being um, the only Guild Wars 2 podcast, that's actually not true. As far as being on iTunes, I would say that's kind of the case, being an iTunes-centric one. But how about the other shows that are running? Um, one of the big ones that uh, we associate with is Chronicles of Tyria, and uh, you guys have been on their show, haven't you? Uh, Eric and I and Greibach were on two back-to-back episodes a few months uh, winter. I was in New Zealand. And there's Guild Wars Reporter as well mm-hmm. and they they do the shows live too so if you guys want to kind of like listen in and comment during podcasts we don't do that right now we may in the future but these guys are doing that hosting to youtube so is this the one of those um pvp focused podcasts going and sitting on the couch podcast yeah mm-hmm. Um, so they're sitting on a couch that's, uh, they've got all kinds of profession-based podcasts. They don't produce regularly as far as I know. Um, but they do have very knowledgeable hosts. Um, so that if you're looking real in depth on a particular profession, they've got all of them from time to time. Sometimes some of their profession podcasts are more regular than others. Um, yeah, Guild Wars 2 Reporter is out doing it every week. There's Guild Gab on YouTube. If you want a video podcast, I think they've only got two hosts, but I do like listening to them every once in a while. Um, yeah, but on the for PvP podcasts, there's obviously Arena Nets original official Ready Up podcast, which is generally bi-weekly on Friday afternoons around 1:20 Central. Um, and there's a Mistpedia podcast, which I'm not sure how often that is anymore. I, it used to be weekly, but I haven't followed them for a while. So there's still plenty out there. Yes. Yeah. It's uh but if you are focused on the iTunes thing, I've actually Relics of Wars kind of shifted focus over there because there isn't much that focuses on being an iTunes show that's more sound oriented. So that's kind of where plus I mean my ISP is garbage, so we wouldn't be able to do a very good video one. Uh but that's how that is. Um that's how that is. That's the most horrible transition. <laughs> I'm an idiot. So um, We're also the oldest yeah, running we, show. We, I will say. What's that? We're also the oldest running show. Yep, as I was gonna say, we're the oldest running show right now. Guildcast and us. We started at the same time um sean and i talked about that a lot so we had a very working friendship it was not very competitive at all friendship friendship and so guild cast right now as far as i know is on hold so that does make us the oldest running one which is pretty awesome we're old <laughs> get off, get off our lawns <laughs> and, and obviously if you've been listening to us uh, <laughs> since day one then thanks for sticking around and being with us through all the different changes we've gone through and kind of full circle now that I've made a rare appearance back on the show. It sort of brings me back to the uh, the old days sitting in cars at 4 o'clock in the morning with Ryan. <laughs> yeah, it's raining outside. <laughs> I kind of do miss being in the car. 
Especially when I have spiders landing in my face. <laughs> that would kind of fix that problem. Hey, I don't know. They can they can come in through the vents and stuff. So. And then you're in an enclosed space with a little spider, and I don't think that would work out very well. It's time for the Wheel of Morality. Um, just stick around at the end of the show because we also now have a bumper that is going to explain how you can get hold of us, you know, our contact information. So don't turn it off just yet. But time for the Wheel of Morality. Wheel of Morality. Turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn, Christian. Most of the time when you're crying, nobody notices your tears. Most of the time when you're worried, nobody feels your pain. Most of the time when you're happy, nobody sees your smile. But when you fart just one time... <laughs> Everyone sees it? You talk about things we see, but I know that part's more visual. Well, there are those Japanese videos where they actually like have the camera that can see it, and this giant green cloud comes out of the butt. <laughs> That was another episode of Relics of War. If you'd like to get involved, you can find us on any social networking site such as Facebook, Twitter, Steam, and many more just by looking up Relics of War. That's Relics of O-R-R. Similarly, if you'd like to send us mail, you can send that to relicsoforr at gmail.com or go to our website, relicsofor.com, where you can record right there on the front page using our WordPress widget to put on a headset and give us your feedback. Or if you feel more comfortable with it, you can go ahead and just record the audio and send it to us as an OGG or an MP3 file. If you'd like to join us in-game, send a whisper to Cole, C-O-E-H-L, and Nexi, A-N-E-K-S-I, C-Squirrel Run, that's a C, and then Squirrel, and then Run, or Spirit Face to get in contact with us or join the guild. Last, we always love the comments, so if you want to go to our main site and start commenting on some of the posts that we've got or join our forums, you can have fun with that. If you listen to us on iTunes, you can find our page on the market and just leave a comment or a rating that you feel that we deserve. We appreciate that. We'll read them on the show. Well, now you're screwed. You sad sacks. Back to listening to classic rock in the boob joke marathon, in it. That's stupid. We'll set you straight. Let's start you off with NSP Radio. That's right, a radio station just for you Guild Wars 2 players. Head to northernshiverpeaks.org. Also, I'm getting a credit card reader installed in my nevermind. <laughs> <laughs>